This is the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. Welcome back to the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. My name is Marty Wolf, and with me to co-host the PSA Podcast is Michael McHale. Hi, Mike. How you doing, man? Good, Marty. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing fantastic. Michael McHale is the CEO of PSA Systems, which stands for Production Systems Automation. And we have been partnering up on the PSA Podcast for some time. Although, Mike, we kind of had a little bit of a break there, this COVID-19 and everybody being so busy with their businesses, but here we are back. So so talk to me about or tell everybody um, what our topic is going to be for today, and why don't you introduce our guest? Well, Marty, our topic today is going to be, um, we're not really going to be talking about automation today. We're talking more, more general business-related uh, insurance, and we're actually going to be talking about accounts receivable insurance and credit checks of your customers. And I'd like to uh, introduce uh, Kirk Elkin. Kirk is the co-founder and partner at Securitas Global Risk Solutions, formed in 2004. Uh, Securitas is a specialty insurance brokerage focused on mitigating credit risk. Kirk, welcome. Mike, thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, so Kirk, why don't you give a little overview of what you do, and then you know, I'll kind of jump into why PSA started working with Kirk. Sure. Uh, well, just to uh, to recap, um, I am a, a partner in uh, Securitas Global Risk Solutions. Uh, we're in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Uh, we're a specialty insurance brokerage um, focused mainly on mitigating credit risk. Although we do uh, underwrite um, uh, political risk as well, um, so that that's at a very high level. And so, credit risk is the risk that the seller or provider of services incurs uh, when when they ship a product, provide a service, and then send an invoice to their customer. Um, and where um, the where non-payment would, would come up is you've provided the services, you've shipped the product, now you're waiting for payment, and there's an inability to pay. And so credit insurance mitigates that risk uh, and at a very high level. All right. So so Kirk, you know, really, really the reason why PSA started working with Kirk is that heading into COVID, we started to see some risks with uh, companies, even publicly traded companies, not being able to pay bills. So as a small business, nothing could be worse than performing performing or providing a service and then waiting to get paid and never get paid. You've expended the money, you've lost that revenue, you've lost payment, um, and you've already paid your bills as the supplier. And we really wanted to be able to check check who you're doing business with and make smart decisions on the risk we were taking with companies. Because obviously we don't, you know, as a small business, we don't know what other businesses are doing. So that's why we started working with, with uh, Kirk. So Kirk, how's uh, 2020 been for you? 
Mike, 2020 <laughs> has been an interesting year in the in the credit insurance space. So uh, it's been uh, unlike I think any other year that we've had, and um, credit risk is certainly elevated. Um, you know, there there's much more concern about it. To your point, even with larger companies, uh, but particularly with smaller and, and middle market uh, uh, companies. So. Um, yeah, it's been, you know, kind of the, the credit standards that we've used in the past uh, ha have really not applied as much during COVID, um, you know, as, as what, you know, as how we used to measure credit. And, and mainly it's because, you know, the, the pandemic has been so different, you know, to shut down the economy. And then, you know, clearly that, that impacts companies, some much worse than others. Um, so, you know, the standard method uh, or historically standard method of evaluating credit was looking at past trends. Well, when, you, when there's market disruption like COVID, um, you know, the, to, to look at credit information from a year ago, doesn't really help when you're trying to make a credit decision today. Um, so from that perspective, the uh, it, it's changed just in, in you know, obtaining um, updated credit information. Um, you know, there, there's much more, I, I guess I would say, due diligence on, on the credit underwriting uh, process than, than, you know, than we've had in the past. Yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll uh, P.S. We we actually decided to not work with a company uh, that was looking for services because their credit. Um, when when Kirk ran the credit, we actually stepped back and said, you know, this this is questionable working with with this company, and we actually got a little. Uh, we, we actually went back and got better terms of payment to make sure that we weren't at risk. You know, I think that's what a lot of small businesses. Um, need to think about. You, you know, you have somebody like Kirk kind of doing that credit check for you, but it's also, okay, maybe a company doesn't have the right credit or the right or enough information. Maybe it's time for business owners to get a little bit more aggressive with payment terms. Uh, are you seeing that happening, Kirk? Yes. Yes. And I was going to say, so, so certainly um, seeing more conservative credit terms. Um, and, and, and then, um, you know, because there's, uh, you know, there's there's increased uncertainty and, and there's less transparency um, into your customer's financial um, condition. Yeah. So it's either, you know, more conservative terms or trying to get updated financial information from your customers that would help support the, the credit that that um, that you'd like to extend. Are, they, so it, are these... But are you seeing these as awkward conversations or are these normal conversations in today's business climate? No, it's, it's pretty, it's normal. I think most business owners, most CFOs understand that um, at the end of the day, you know, they, they benefit from credit. So Mike, when you extend credit to your customers, uh, they are benefiting, um, you know, from, from that extension of credit. So they, they realize the value of that. And so, you know, in, in some cases, we're, you know, you know, we, we're not always able to get the information, but in many cases we are. And, um, 
you know, so, so that, you know, a credit limit can be approved. And so, so the information that we're looking for, um, you know, interim um, 2020 financials uh, are helpful. Um, you know, how has COVID impacted the business? You know, what's the relationship with their lender? You know, just, you know, any insight into those areas is helpful in the process. Yeah, you know, so so this also really it, it you, the idea of your insurance is to protect not just your employees and the company. So you're you're protecting the company, the employees, but also your other customers because if you have a customer that that doesn't pay, you know, it impedes your abilities to do work for other customers. It's really protecting the business long term. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, good. I mean, good point. That that's how. We, we view it. I mean, you've built up equity in your business and, um, you know, and then that helps uh, with your, your lender and that helps, um, you know, to, to sustain a healthy business. Uh, and so, you know, the insurance protects you as the business owner or the business in general uh, and, and, and protects the equity in the business. So tell us a little bit what what industry what industries are you seeing having the biggest problems right now? Where where is the most default? You know, give our give our listeners an idea of what places that we need to watch, what we need to watch for, what businesses, what business type is it? Metals is it yeah. uh, commercial real estate? What 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 are you seeing as the biggest the biggest issues? Um, well, yeah, and you would recognize some of these sectors. I mean, uh, just you know, in the journal or the financial news, retail is is a challenging or can be a challenging sector, um, you know, d- depending on the retailer. Uh, energy um, is is another sector. What, where, what, what do you mean by what do you mean by energy? Is that oil, oil and gas or you know, public utilities? What, where, what is the problem? Oil and gas. Um, oil and gas. And the, the, the supply chain, the company supplying um in the producers uh, in the okay. uh, travel and entertainment. So anything travel and entertainment today is, um, you know, it, it can be challenging. Um, metals, I, uh, I agree that that's a, a sector that, um, you know, clearly there are stronger, uh, stronger companies there. And, but there are, you know, there's, um, there's a, a lot of um, smaller uh, companies in the sector that are not doing well. And then, Mike, I would also say it's it's interesting. So, you know, um, I guess particularly hard hit through this have been small to middle market companies. So some of the, you know, larger corporations have have uh, done well. But but, you know, if I just had to generalize uh, again, you know, uh, small and midsize businesses um, just overall. So, I mean, so give us a, is there a surprise business that you actually thought wouldn't have had a problem that did, or is it all pretty much mainstream, what you're hearing in the media, you know, the things that you're reading in the journal, or is there, you know, did something creep up that kind of caught you off guard? Um, no, I mean, there, I mean, so, I mean, we, we've filed a lot of claims this year. I think, um, 
you know, I don't have the exact uh, uh, numbers, but but claims are uh, you know up pretty significantly across the board with the trade the, the trade credit insurance carriers. So you know, it's um, you know, I guess the large publics, you know, you, you're certainly aware of them, um, and you know, you could just look at the retail sector and see all the names that have gone out um, this past year. Uh, but what I guess what I am a little surprised is is just um, you know um, claims where the insured our client has done business with this company their customer for years and, and, and now you know now there's an inability to pay so you know they, they thought they they knew the relationship maybe they did know the relationship maybe maybe there was a change in ownership of the business maybe they lost. Um, you know, the support of their bank, you know, maybe they had a non-payment issue, which impacted their cash flow. So it, it's, um, you know, um, that, that would be one example uh, where, you know, for, for our clients, they're usually, you know, somewhat surprised when, when their, their customer has, doesn't have the ability to pay, I guess. Yeah. So have... So obviously starting, say, March 15th, has it gotten worse than anticipated by the credit markets or better than anticipated early in the pandemic? I, I think um, that's a great question. I think uh, I think the PPP program helped. Um, so I think it, it gave the you know companies, it got them through that initial period. Uh, I guess the concern from from you know a credit perspective is you know what happens as we move into 2021. Um, so you're so you're saying we're not out of the we're not out of the woods yet. No, I think the 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 feeling is that you know 2021. I mean, companies were able to make it through uh, through 2020 uh, with a lot of you know stimulus, um, but you know. You, you need demand. And so if demand isn't there, then it's going to be difficult to, you know, to stay in business. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the forecast is that business insolvencies will increase through 2021 and, you know, maybe we're not out of the woods until, you know, we move into to 2022. Gotcha. So now that you've given us a little background on, on, how this works. If we have a business out there listening, how, how does the process start? Application, review of your financials, how, how, does, how, do, how do you actually, how does a PSA get insurance through you? And then what, how, how, do, how does PSA actually ask you for credit worthiness on our customers? Can you walk us through that, that process of a new customer? Sure. So, um, so, Mike, we'll talk about PSA uh, as an example. So you have a new customer. You have a policy that's in place. Uh, you would submit a request, um, and it can either be through me or directly with the insurance company. And all we really need initially is who you're selling to, where are they located, and how much credit do you need? Um, we'll, so, we'll at that, so at that point, so when I, when I call you, um, to, to start the process, I'll give you my accounts, my active accounts receivable and how much credit I would need for each of my, my companies that I'm working with. 
Yeah, if we we're gonna if we we're gonna start at the at the very um, beginning of the process, uh, we, we would uh, we would complete an application, and part of the application would be who are you selling to, who are your current customers, and who are prospective uh, customers, and we would submit the application to a number of different markets for quotes, and part of the quotes, so there's clearly the, the terms and conditions, but then there are the underwriting results. So what, what I find helpful for um, you know, people like you, Mike, and business owners and CFO, CFOs is they're going to get a lot of feedback from different markets on how their buyers, their customers are evaluated from a credit perspective. So that's, that's the starting point. Uh, and, and from that point, it's, it's you know, picking the best alternative, and that would be the, the best underwriting, and certainly you know, competitive terms, and then moving forward with a policy. Once the policy is in place, um, we, we would then underwrite buyers, your customers, as they come up. And so at that point, it would be, you need, you know, $50,000 on ABC company. Uh, you have a sale to them next month. We get ABC company uh, approved and added to your, your existing credit insurance policy. So uh, can you, can you do this? Oh, go ahead, Marty. Well, Kirk, just, uh, so I'm fascinated. I, I want to go more. What, what's the best, best place to reach you? Is it your website? Uh, our website, uh, securitasglobal.com. Um, and it has all our contact information. Um, okay. my, you know, my, my email address, my mobile number. I, it's all know. in there. Give me yeah. the website again. Give me a website again. Securitasglobal.com. And that's S-E-C-U-R-I-T-A-S global.com. Okay, Mike, allow me to ask one question here. So, um, obviously it's challenging times and I would assume that we've been talking a lot about small and mid-sized businesses. I'm assuming again, that small and bu- small and mid-sized businesses, uh, need what you're offering. Is there a certain size, a certain criteria, uh, that you would look for? I mean, in other words, what's the criteria when, and so they reach out to you and say, Hey, look at, I'm interested in this credit insurance is there a certain size business etc you know what i'm asking yeah well there would have to um, we can do very small businesses um we have clients who um uh you know um and we we evaluate them on a, from a revenue perspective um okay. but, but you would put the insurance in place for for different purposes mm-hmm. so we work heavily with the export import bank which mm-hmm. tends which only support, it's a government agency. It only supports exports. Um, and so you tend to have maybe smaller exporters. Um, so that would be one example. And, and then we work with companies like Mike, and then we have uh, larger companies as well. So there's no real minimum, but but mm-hmm. it would probably be difficult for, for a new startup, put it that right. way. Got it. Okay. All right, Mike. So, so Kirk, so both sides of the, both sides of the agreement have to be strong companies on the company placing the policy and the, and the company receiving the policy. Is that a correct statement? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the credit insurers, they're underwriting your customers. 
but they're but they're also underwriting PSA as well to see okay. you know what type of business PSA is um, and uh, but, but but clearly the the more heavy underwriting is on your customers. Gotcha. So so God forbid you have a default. How's that process work? So I, I I've I've now built my customer. Let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars. And in 30 days, I'm supposed to receive that payment. And now it's 45 days. I call and they're not going to pay because they're having, they're having, you know, issues. What happens? Um, Depending on the policy in place, but they're all pretty standard. Um, There is a window to file the claim. So the, the policies cover insolvency, and that would be chapter 11, chapter 7, but it's more broadly defined uh, than than those two. And it covers protracted default or slow pay. So Mike, you're, you, you would be referring to slow pay. They're still in business. They don't dispute they owe you the money. They just don't have the ability to pay. So the policies are written in such a way that there's a window to file a claim for slow pay. And, and I would say it's usually 180 days from data shipment. So you've shipped the product, you've sent the invoice, you've tried to collect their past due, uh, you're not having any success. Uh, what we advise is when you feel like you've exhausted your internal collection efforts, you know, we should talk about filing a claim. And certainly we would do it within the window that 180 days. So, um, and this, the, the claim filing process is, is pretty straightforward. Um, really, it's copies of your invoices, the purchase order, the bill of lading, proof of delivery. Uh, that would pretty much constitute the claim filing package. So, so I want to be I want to be clear. This is you know this type of insurance does not cover you for disputed delivery of goods. Correct. If they dispute the goods or the goods and services were not rendered or there was a problem or that this insurance does not cover such things as that. Yeah, that's referred to as performance risk, really. So so the carriers, the the trade credit insurance carriers are not in a position to know, did the product meet spec? Was it the right color? Was it the right size? they're they're covering credit risk, but but ultimately, Mike, in in that scenario, if you didn't have insurance and there was a dispute, um, and what you would typically do is you you would go to court over that. Now, that will either lead to a settlement where you're going to get paid, or it could lead to a judgment um, against. Um, against the debtor. And if they they still don't have the ability to pay at that point, there's no more dispute. We would then, uh, the claim would be paid. So, so this is a really nice, this is a nice way for management teams to be able to sleep soundly at night. Um, cause it does kind of de-risk the issues of the unknown. You know, we don't always know when a company is going out of business or is having cash flow problems. Uh, you know, if they're not publicly traded, how would you ever know? Yeah, I mean, that's um, exactly. Uh, and, and even, you know, some, some you know, publicly traded companies, um, you know, the, the, the insolvencies at, at that level. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, you, you have very little recourse once you've, you've provided the service or shipped the product and now sent the invoice and they owe you the money. So yeah. I don't know if we covered this. Is this for U.S. only or international? Um, you know, how does that work? Uh, it's we have clients that just have domestic credit risk and uh, we have clients that have export credit risk. So that would be international sales. Um, and then we have clients that have both. So. Mike, you were asking about a customer in, I believe, Korea um, a, a month or so ago. So that, that would yeah. be a great example where we would just add the country to your policy and then you would put in the credit limit request on that buyer in Korea. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I will tell you from a, from a business owner management team standpoint, you know, this is it, it's been a pretty flawless, uh, pretty flawless way of doing business. It just gives us a little insurance as a small company. You know, we try to pick and choose who we work with, but it's very difficult to know who's really got problems. Um, and you know, Kirk and Kirk and his group just give us that a little bit of insurance blanket um, for for not a very absorbent cost either. So the the cost is is pretty relative um, to who you do business with. Is that that correct, Kirk? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. You know that it. it the, the cost is, um, you know, basis points, um, you know, and depending upon the sales volumes and, you know, um, the level of retention. So there's, there, there are factors that influence the rate, but I, I agree with your overall set assessment that it's relatively inexpensive um, with, you know, with the risk that's being offset compared to the risk that's being offset. Yeah. Let um, me, let me jump in there. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, so, you're a, let's say a $5 million a year business, which is a small business. And, um, you know, you may not have been managing your cash well before COVID. And uh, so cash flow might not be healthy to begin with. Uh, and then along comes COVID and you don't know, uh, even if you quote unquote, trust someone, something can happen on their end. Uh, you, you know, having insurance like this, as Mike put it, would allow a lot of business owners to sleep because if you don't get use a hundred thousand dollar, you don't get paid that hundred thousand dollars, and you're a five million dollar business who doesn't manage your cash flow to begin with, that could put you out of business. Literally, am I right, Mike? Oh, it, it put you out of business and you, you, first payroll. Um, you know, small businesses, you know, it's it's hard enough operating in business, let alone not being paid for goods and services delivered. Yeah, yeah, I could see hard. Tremendous value in this, tremendous value. Uh, Again, I'm thinking about manufacturing primarily, but uh, there's all kinds of industries I'm sure you're dealing with, Kirk, but uh, in the manufacturing space, especially internationally, uh, which, uh, you know, dealing internationally is always bared. It's especially when you're dealing with products, you know, you got to, you know, you've got you've got payment issues on both sides of the, uh, the oceans, if you will. And that can get very complicated. Correct. Yes. And so credit insurance uh, um, works well to support export sales because typically um, because of the elevated risk, um, you know, you may want cash in advance. You made, uh, you know, a letter of credit. Those are more secure terms, but they're, they're more restricted for the buyer. Right. So, so, credit insurance allows you to extend competitive terms 
mm-hmm. to really to increase to capture the sale mm. and uh, and and still you know mitigate the risk of of non-payment from your your foreign buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> you've talked a lot about a lot of the uh, benefits of dealing with this. I mean, uh, here comes an unfair question, Kirk. So <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> yeah, you've been talking about a lot of value. And I could certainly see it. Uh, there's tremendous value in it. But if you were to kind of share two or three key bullet points, uh, if you will, on, on why, you know, dealing with you and credit insurance is, uh, is important, what would be the one or two or three key benefits that you would mention? Well, clearly in this environment, you know, protect uh, from credit losses, um, you know, as, as, as Mike has uh, indicated, just how, the impact that that would have on PSA. Um, but, but also in this environment, um, you know, it could help with your working capital. So if your lender is excluding foreign receivables from your borrowing base, or you may have a concentration um, in your borrowing base, um, usually they'll relax the terms of the credit facility if, if they know the, um, mm. the are insured. So mm. certainly can help with working capital requirements mm-hmm. and then it can help, um, you know, uh, increase sales by being able to extend more competitive terms where in the past you may not have, uh, have gained the sale or captured the sale. Um, it, it's a, it's a tool to help you grow sales. Wow, good stuff, <laughs> Mike. Good stuff. Uh, what, what do you want to wrap up, Mike? You got some other questions? Uh, where are we at? No, I think we I think we kind of covered everything. You know, the, the the idea of having Kirk on was that to give everyone kind of an idea of of why this insurance works, why we looked at it, you know, and part of it, you know, Kirk hit it hit it on the head. Um, you know, dealing with the bank, dealing with your banking credit facilities and lines of credit and such, um, this is a good way um, to make them feel comfortable that who you're doing business with uh, isn't, isn't going to cause a, a non-payment, which then affects you and your bank. Uh, oh, so it, yeah. kind of, it kind of puts a bow on, on your, the financial aspect of your company. Yeah, really. Um, give us your website again, Kirk. Uh, the website is securitasglobal.com. Is there anything, Kirk, that we should have talked about that uh, you want to mention in closing? No, this is uh, this has been great, um, Mike. Thank you so much for the invitation, Marty. Thank you for facilitating. No, I've just appreciated the time to to talk about what we do, and and um, no, I think I think we hit some um, the key points. Give us your website one more time, my friend securitasglobal.com and that's i'll spell it it's s-e-c-u-r-i-t-a-s global.com so kirk thank you so much for being part of the psa podcast we appreciate your time marty thank you mike thanks so much no problem thank you kirk thank you for listening to the psa podcast which is a production of psa systems and business builders media learn more at psasystems.com and businessbuildersmedia.com. That's psasystems.com and businessbuildersmedia.com.